0: Hello and good morning. Uh this is Rick, uh pastor here at the Church of the Word. Uh we're going to be coming to you today through uh only through electronic means. We've uh decided to cancel church for at least this week and maybe a few in the future uh due to this uh coronavirus outbreak and uh I just want you to be encouraged this morning. I want to uh I know there's been a lot of things going on on Facebook. A lot of people are you know t- talking about not to be fearful, uh, to just have faith and uh, somewhat, and and even sometimes it even kind of comes off as kind of like a, a condemnation to us that if if we're fearful about anything, that it uh, means we're not walking in faith. But I uh, I was reminded this week when I was uh, thinking about what I would like to share uh, this week, the Lord reminded me of a message that we had given on August the 18th of 2019, and it's titled "Run Your Race." And I would like to share that with you today. And uh, I just want you to be aware, and I want you to take encouragement that uh, these are troubling times, and you know whether this uh, virus is as bad as as people are saying it is. Whether it's uh, uh, should have went to the scope that it has as far as all these things being shut down and closures. I don't know. I'm not a medical professional. I don't know. Uh, but I want you to know that uh, that Jesus taught us that we need to be wise. Uh, there's a lot of people trying to say that you know well if we really had faith we wouldn't care and we'd go on and have church and different things. I hear a lot of that on Facebook and out in out in the uh, community and things. So, but uh, uh, a lot of people are quoting uh, Psalm 91 where it talks about God will take care of us, so nothing bad will happen. And uh, we need to remember that that's actually the verse that the devil tried to use to tempt Jesus uh, to do something dangerous. And we need to remember that Jesus taught us that with every scripture we have to interpret it properly. And Jesus taught us there uh, when he was being tempted by the devil uh, that, uh, even though a scripture says that God will take care of us and keep us safe, we also have to use godly wisdom. And if God's given us the wisdom that it's a highly contagious disease, that, uh, we don't need to be gathering together to try to help protect our people, then that's what we need to do. So I just wanted to share this message with you from August the 18th from 2019. It's titled, Run Your Race. And, uh, it's a, just a good thing that I was, uh, listening to it over again today and, And I just saw how well it matched with the situation we're in. And kind of, I guess we could call the title of this for this Sunday would be, How Should We Respond to This this Coronavirus? How Should We be Responding as Christians? And so I'm just going to share this message with you. And it was titled, once again, Run Your Race. I hope you're blessed by it. Amen. But Hebrews chapter 12, I wanted to talk to you. And I guess the title of our lesson today is we mentioned it a little bit last week is about running our race the race that we run for christ is not to try to beat everybody else and to outdo everybody else it simply means the path that god has chosen for us see when we get saved when we get born again god sets a, a, a course for us as we walk with him and there's sometimes that things come into that like a stumbling block or whatever it may be there are obstacles there's problems there's a tumults there's turmoils there's tribulations there's all kinds of things that can happen but i want you to know the bible says you can run your race because we have a helper amen and so that'd be the title if we would want to call a title for this today is to run our race and i'd like to read here in hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 and just to give us a backdrop before we read the scripture. In chapter 11 of Hebrews, it's what we call the hall of faith. This is where there's a whole chapter dedicated to the people who lived by faith and how they are our heroes and who we can pattern our life after them. Amen? And it talks about there as the 11th chapter begins to end, It begins to talk about uh, what all these people went through to to hold on to their faith. It says they were sawn in sunder, They were cut in half and they were tortured and all these things, but yet they held on to faith in God Almighty. Amen. And so with that as the backdrop, let's read Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2. Saying, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with the endurance, the race that is set before us, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. As verse 1 ends, it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There's uh, something I wanted to talk to you about this morning, and, and we have mentioned this here in the last few months, but it needs mentioning it again. Uh, there are some strange doctrines out there. That we t- have been mentioning some of those things that go on. But one of the strangest doctrines I have seen, and, and it's not that people don't love God, and it's not that they don't want to help uh, other people or whatnot, but there's this doctrine that says that, well, if you really have faith, nothing bad will happen to you. And if something bad happens, you just rebuke it away, and you just pray it away, and if it don't go away then it means you didn't have faith. That's a wrong doctrine. That's a strange doctrine. I want to show you today that tribulations and trials and problems come even to the faithful. Amen? Praise God. I want to share with you just a few places. And like I said, this may just simply be informational to you. When I do something like this, uh, when I study the Bible, it's not to uh, find one verse that sticks out and go make a new doctrine out of it. I like to get all the places in the Bible. When I'm reading through the Bible, I've got a master list at home of all different kinds of topics that I, that I think about. And when I find a verse that fits that topic, I right then go refer it to it. And I had to trim this list down. It was over four pages on a computer printout yesterday where I'd been putting them in my computer. But I narrowed it down just for time purposes today to show you that trials and troubles happen even to the faithful. Amen. They do. The Bible actually calls us, it says we will have trouble. Think about what Jesus said. He said, in this life you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In this life you will have trouble. We are not exempt from it. We We can't escape from it. Now, I'm not hitting, sitting here telling you today when a trouble comes that you don't pray for immediate deliverance. When we need healing, absolutely, we pray for healing. That should be our, de- our default thing we automatically go back to, is to pray, Lord, deliver me from this, heal me of this. But here's the interesting thing. We have to remember our verse that we started with. Let us run our race. Let us run the course that God has set for us. And if God has determined that, okay, you're going to have to go through this, I don't care how much you rebuke it, I don't care how much you fast, I don't care how much you pray it away. If God has said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. That's why when we begin to live our life and go through life with God, we have to always let it be done according to His will. When we hear bad news, we say, Lord, I don't want this in my life. I want to pray against this, but I want Your will to be done. See, Jesus gave us that example in the garden. He said, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, Father, do so. But not my will, but Yours be done. So see, that's what we should always automatically go to. Just not automatically start trying to to rebuke all our problems away. I know that there's a lot of people who do that, and they teach that, and they do it, and all these different things, but then you turn around, and they have some calamity come up on them very soon after they try to be that dogmatic on other people. Yes, the Bible says that we need to speak to the mountain. Tell it to move. We need to have faith. We need to speak to our problems. It tells us all those things. But if we've done all those things and nothing happens... We need to say, okay, Lord, what's your will in this? But typically what happens is then the devil uses that to beat us up. So you must not have enough faith to get healed. You must not have enough faith to help you with this problem. But I want to share with you what the Bible says. Amen. I'm going to just be referring to different places. You don't have to turn to all these places. Trials and troubles happen to the faithful. Romans 8 says this, that the whole creation is groaning until the day of redemption of the sons of God. That everything in creation groans. Think about that. There's diseases and all types of things happening even in the plant and animal kingdom. We've got all these, uh, what they call the green ash tree around here. And they've got some kind of bug now that's killing every single one of them. They're dying out. Okay? The whole creation groans and struggles. We're not exempt from it. 1 Corinthians says this. And this is just, this is something to diffuse this, this weird doctrine that says, well, if something bad's going on in your life, then that means the blessing of God is not upon you and that you must need to change something, this, that, and the other. It's very possible that could be the case, but not every time. Well, you can have people who are walking with the Lord, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, full of all things, and calamity will come upon them, and it wasn't because they didn't have faith. Actually, a lot of times it might be because they have faith is why those things are happening. Think about Job. He hadn't done anything wrong. He'd done what he was supposed to do. He prayed for his children, prayed for his household and all those things. And you know why he was tested the way he was? Because the devil said, I can make him quit. And God said, you know what? No, you can't. Have at it. See what I'm saying? Sometimes the troubles we face is because maybe the devil has challenged us. Maybe he thinks he can get us to go back on our faith in Jesus Christ. And God said, okay, do whatever you want. Give them bowls, give them this, give them sickness, give them disease, whatever. But they'll remain faithful to me to the end. Run your race. Amen. In 1 Corinthians, Paul said of this, and he he, uh, tells us this in the Bible, that he ministered in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. He ministered to the Corinthian church with those things in his life fear and trembling. But yet we're told all the time, well, don't you ever have any kind of fear in your life? We don't let fear grip us. We don't let fear control us. But when we hear things, certain things, fear is going to come into our life. But see, it's when we become fearful, when those things happen, it's challenging our faith. That's when we truly realize we do have faith. Because who do we always turn to? Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 2 Corinthians, Paul said, He and his helpers ministered in much distress and sleeplessness. Weren't even able to sleep at night for the worry and the stress that they had going on. Also in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul was criticized because he appeared to be weak in his bodily presence and contemptible in his speech. They said the things that he writes are pretty good stuff, but when he speaks and he preaches, he appears to be weak in his flesh. Trials and troubles come even to the faithful. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, one of my verses that the Lord has been really dealing with me lately, because this is one of those verses that we just would like to kind of push to the side. This is one of those verses in 2 Corinthians there, chapter 12, where it talks about Paul said, I received a messenger of Satan, a thorn in my flesh, to buffet me. And three times I sought the Lord to heal me of this distress in my body. Now, did he have faith? You better believe he had faith. Did he work miracles? You better believe he worked miracles. Was he afraid of anything man could do to him? No, he wasn't. But he sought the Lord three times. And you know what the Lord said? My grace is sufficient for thee. It was a problem he had to deal with. He had to go through that issue. And there was no way around it. He could get over here and stand and come from five or six different angles and rebuke it, but it wouldn't go. He could go over here and look at this angle and go back this way and rebuke it. It wasn't going to go away. He could keep on praying every day, Lord, deliver me, Lord, deliver me. But the Lord had done spoken and said, you're going to go through this. Amen. didn't mean he didn't have faith. It meant now that he was going to have to lean upon that faith to go through what he was going through. Think about it. Hallelujah. In Galatians chapter 4, it says, Paul ministered to the Galatians while having a physical infirmity. He said, I was with you with a physical infirmity. And we know from a verse or two later, he said he must have been having some kind of problem with his natural eyesight. Because you know what he told them? He said, if it would have been possible you people loved me so much, you'd have plucked your own eyes out and gave them to me so that I might see. He was having some kind of a physical infirmity. While he was preaching. Hallelujah. Philippians says also this. That there was a man named Ephroditus. He was a fellow laborer and a soldier of Paul. Says he was sick and to the point of death. But God had mercy on him and spared him. I want you to think about this. Why do we need a church community? Why do we need a church family? If we can just rebuke all our problems. If we just pray every one of our problems away then why do we need our church family, right? We need our church family because when we struggle through these things, we struggle together. Amen. We put our arms around each other. We love each other. We pray for each other. Amen. Praise the Lord. In 1 Timothy, Timothy, who was a minister, was plagued by, it says, frequent infirmities. You're a frequent infirmities. Infirmities is a weakness in the flesh, a sickness in the body. He told him, I know that you struggle with these things. The Lord will keep helping you. Amen. Some of those infirmities included some type of a stomach ailment. It's right there in the Bible. It says it right there. 2 Timothy says it this way. There was also another helper with Paul. Trophimus, he was a fellow laborer with Paul, had to stay behind on a mission trip because he was sick. Dear children... Let me speak the truth to you today. Just because we suffer with sicknesses and we pray and we do whatever we think we can and it doesn't go away, it does not mean we don't have faith. It simply means that we are being put to the test. Amen? Next point I'd like to talk about and we'll, we'll finish up here directly. That even the faithful are hindered. Even the faithful are hindered by different various things. Romans chapter 1 and also in 15 it says, Paul intended to visit the congregation that was was considered what they called the Roman church, but he was hindered. He said, I've been wanting to come to you for a long time, but I've been hindered. Well, why didn't he just rebuke his hindrance away? Because he had to deal with it. Amen. Sometimes we have to deal with these things. 1 Corinthians 4 says, Paul was hindered by a lack of basic necessities. The Apostle Paul testified, and it's recorded in the Bible, right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I was hindered, I'm paraphrasing this, I was hindered because of the lack of of, uh, normal things that I needed for life. Basic necessities. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 It says, Paul and his companions wanted to visit the Thessalonians, but they were hindered by, guess who? Satan. He will hinder us. He will cause us problems. He will challenge us. But guess what? We just keep on trusting in Jesus. When we get to those situations and we pray and we're not healed, when we get to those situations and we speak to our problem and it doesn't go away, We say, Lord, is it your will that I face this? And the Lord, somehow, some way, will answer your question. He will. He will give you the peace. He will give you the thought. He will, some way or another, he will give you the ability to know what his will is. Amen? Praise the Lord. And the third point I'd like to make, and this will be the last point as we'll finish up with this. You see, some of this dogmatic. Doctrine, it doesn't like to hear these things. It just says, "Oh well, if you ain't got faith, and that's why all this is happening to you." How do you know? We've been studying in our Bible study that when you act like that, that you become a judge of evil thoughts. What James says, doesn't it? But the the third point is that worry happens even to the faithful. I don't want to I don't want to get up here and give you something that that people dream up or somebody's writing a book about and everybody's taking off after it, I'm going to give you what the Bible says. If it's not found in the Bible, I don't believe it. Amen? That worry happens to the faithful. Now we know we don't get ourselves so bent out of shape and worried that it cripples us, okay? But we do have worries. And the Lord knows we have worries. But there's a lot of people out there that try to say, well, if you're worrying, you ain't got no faith. That's wrong. Let me show this to you in the Bible. Worry happens to the faith. When 2 Corinthians, Paul and his companions were so troubled that he said, and I quote this, this is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, we were burdened beyond measure. Burdened beyond measure above strength. We had no strength to even resist it. So that we despaired even of life. That faithful Apostle Paul and his companions that were going around preaching the gospel in the face of all that persecution, he said, We were so troubled that we despaired even of life. They had become to the place where they thought it'd probably be better for us just to go on and go be with the Lord now. It's too much to handle. They worried and they were stressed. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul was worried about the welfare of his fellow companion Titus. He said, I can't find him. I don't know where he's at. I'm worried. And then he said later on, he said, once we found him, I, I was restored and I was happy. And he said, because I don't think I could have handled that kind of sorrow to add to whatever else he was going through. Worry and stress happens even to the faithful. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 says, Paul and his companions had no rest for their bodies and were troubled on every side to which he said this, and this is another quotation, outside were conflicts and inside were fears. You mean you can be a faithful, Holy Spirit filled Christian, and be fearful? Yes, you can. Not to the point of crippling you, but fear will get a hold of you sometimes. But it's what we do after that. That's what matters, isn't it? When the fear comes, whom do we look to? Whom do we trust? Whom do we call on, you see? There you go. Amen. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 1 says this, Paul was comforting Timothy, who was stressed and worried to the point of tears. He said, I know that you've been stressed. I know you've had tears. Why was he crying? Not because he was happy. Not because things were going good and he was so jubilant. Because things were hard. Amen. And then Acts chapter 20. Paul said this as he testified as he was getting ready. This would actually be a decision. This would actually be the thing the Lord did that led him into captivity in the Roman, in the Roman Empire. And he would never be freed from it. But this is right prior to him going to, for that to happen. Paul was going to Jerusalem not knowing exactly what was going to happen to him. Don't you know that would cause some stress? If you know the Lord's taking you down a certain path and you know what to expect, you can handle that a little bit. But when He says go down this path and you don't know what's coming, that's stress, that's worry, and that's fear. And this is what He testified. He said, I don't know what's going to happen except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city that I've been in lately that chains and tribulations await me in Jerusalem. Why didn't He just rebuke those tribulations? Why didn't he refuse to accept the chains? Because he knew, like we started out today, that was the path and that was the race that God set before him. We would like to plan out our race ourselves, wouldn't we? If we could plan it ourselves, we'd get down and rewrite all good stuff, wouldn't we? Nothing bad, nothing negative, right? We would. I'm right there with you. Everything good. But the Lord writes our, writes our course and He plots our course for the race for us to run and he allows certain things in that path but it's why not to destroy us but to make us stronger that when we go through something now I know what it's like to face that and when our brother goes through that I'm going to be there for him because I remember what it was like I want to read this verse to you as we close today and then I just want to play another song because I know that we struggle sometimes as Christians I know, I know that we do We have various different things. This is the fourth point I'd like to make today. Even though all these things are true, that even the faithful have trials and troubles, we worry, we stress, we have fear, we have all those things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I'll just read it to you, that way you don't have to turn there, but you can jot it down and read it later. The last point is that the Lord comforts us in our troubles. And I've come across this verse last night, actually. I had jotted it down with my notes and and had kind of skipped over it. But this is what the Bible says in his opening statement, Paul's opening statement to to the Corinthians, the second letter he had to write to them. And you'll find this in 2 Corinthians 1 through 4. But I'll just read it to you, and I think it's a good stopping point. He wrote to them and said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in all Acheia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And now verses 3 and 4 is where I want to close with this today. <clears throat> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort. Why do you need comfort? Because of what we've just been talking about. He knows that the the way is tough. He knows that that narrow road is a tough way and that there will be obstacles. But He's the God of all comfort. And in verse 4, I love this part. He's the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation for a reason. That we now may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. There's nothing like going through something, facing something, and you got a friend that says, I've been right there. There's nothing like that. People can say they co- are trying to comfort you. They can say they sympathize, but if they've not faced it themselves, they truly don't understand it. But when you got somebody in your life that's been right there and went right through it, You know what they'll look at you and say, Man, I remember. And I'm going to be praying for you. And I'm going to be there for you. I remember when mom had to go through her ordeal. We didn't like it. Didn't want to hear those words, you have cancer. No. Wanted to reject it. Wanted to pray it away. Wanted to, whatever it would take to get it to go away. But God said, I'm going to be with you on this journey. So we knew that that race that was set before her included that thing right there that we didn't like. But I can tell you just from talking with mom, now when somebody comes in where she works up there at Walmart and she sees them with the mask over their face and the bandana on their head because their hair's fell out, she knows what they've been going through. She knows that they've been over at that hospital laying around all day for them to run that chemo through her blood. Their blood. What does it say right here? What did I just read? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God's not upset at us because we go through sickness and disease. God's not trying to punish us and say, well, you could get rid of that if you just had faith. I reject that kind of doctrine. There were some people that that got mad and left here just not too long ago, and then one of the reasons was is because I reject that kind of doctrine. You do not force God's people. You do not say those kinds of things. You do not have that kind of an attitude toward God's sheep. Amen. If God tells you to tell people they need to have more faith, then so be it. But you just don't automatically throw that blanket on everybody because some people, even the faithful, are going to struggle and be afraid of things. Amen. Amen. So the Lord comforts us in our troubles. Just because we face those things didn't mean we didn't have faith. It meant God was doing something in our life. Amen. And it may be for this simple reason right here that now you can be comfort to somebody else. Amen. You can. Amen. And when you go through it yourself, it humbles us to the point of saying, wow, I remember how scared I was. I remember laying in bed and waking up in the middle of the night saying... Am I going to make it through this or not? Right? But God comforts us in those things. Brethren, I want you to know that uh, um, I know a lot of people are fearful. A lot of people are scared. uh, Our worlds have been turned upside down by it. And and like I said, whether it was all completely necessary, we don't know. But I want you to be encouraged from this message today. And if you're a Christian, uh, be encouraged in this. That, you know, we're going through it. God's going to help us, we're going to do what we can to, to keep ourselves safe and to, to be careful around, especially people, those that uh, are at high risk. So we're going to be careful, we're going to do the right thing and, and use godly wisdom. We do have a lot of tools now that we're still able to communicate through uh, electronic means and different things. So if you're a Christian, I want you to be encouraged from this message and just keep have faith in God. Just keep walking your walk and keep running your race. Uh, keep walking with the Lord, keep having faith in Him. Ask him to show you what to do and how to have godly wisdom and how to be careful and how to protect you and your family and your friends and your church family. If you're not a Christian today, I know that this may be uh, something that you are very concerned about. I want you to know that uh, you can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You can have the peace that other Christians have. And I don't want to mislead you and tell you that if you get saved today that the fear of this virus and the fear of everything else that's going on in the world is going to immediately go away. As we've seen through this message, uh, we all struggle with fear and being depressed, and we get anxious, and we all have these problems. But if we have faith in Jesus Christ, we have a helper, and he will help us through all these things. So I'd urge you today, if you never accepted Jesus, to accept him as your Savior. Uh, if you don't know how to do that, I can I can mention a brief prayer here. You can pray, or you can also contact me privately on Messenger. I'm on Facebook under Richard Coburn. You're more than welcome to to uh, give me a private message or get in touch with me some way uh, uh, along that way of uh, communication. So, But anyway, if you need to accept Jesus, just simply pray this. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were buried, and on the third day you rose again, that I may have life. I place my full trust in your finished work on Calvary, that you died in my place. You took my sins away. And that now you give me the opportunity to live a new life and be a new person, a new creature. And I want to walk with you the rest of the days of my life. Come into my life and help me. Be with me. Lead me and guide me. Amen. Brethren, be encouraged. Keep walking with the Lord. Keep having faith. Keep running your race. If there's anything I can do to help anyone, please let me know. I'll do what I can to help you, pray with you give you some words of encouragement, whatever it needs. If you feel that you need need some help, you just uh, feel free to contact me anytime you want to. And be safe, keep running your race, in Jesus' name, amen.